Episode 90. When do you want to peak in life? It's a trick question. It's a deep one. Answer is revealed in the episode. Not too far deep in there, so you don't have to listen to the whole thing, but please do. Please. We talk about everything from the NBA draft to my competition this past weekend mm-hmm. to what Zach's been up to with work. Some mm-hmm. uh, celebritize coming through the residence. Yep. Shout out to Tony Hinchcliffe. For real, for real. Uh, and, um... Of course, man. We shoot the shit and keep it interesting and stay relatable every episode, twice a week. And in the meantime, between time... Please be liking, sharing, and subscribing, and just all that. All that. Stay Stay relatable. Nothing much. Did I, did I take you by surprise over there? You look a little... Yeah, that was uh, the first time I didn't hear the old clickaroo song. Figured it out. I feel like the metronome at the beginning kind of fucks with our flow. Like, we get... Like, it shocks us. We're like, oh shit, we, we're about to be recorded. We're, we're about to be... It only shocks us because you play it and you don't expect me to hear it and I hear it and oh, then we're just recording. Because it's the best whenever you just hear like a conversation. Like, we're just bullshitting around. We don't know we're being recorded, or we don't know we don't have like that cue that we're being recorded, because then it's like a thing, you know. Podcast should just be a conversation, but then we make it a thing sometimes, and that's where we lost our way, Dean. <laughs> Podcast or what you make it? Yep. So we just got to make them right, you know. Put a little Miley Cyrus spin on it. I like that. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. What's been going on in your world? Let's talk about your world first. You had a major well, event. Well, I asked first. So let's 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 talk about yours. But then I flipped the world upside down. Yeah, well, my, my my world's right side up. That's what we're gonna talk about. Your your flipped world. Uh, it's my first weekend at the Comedy Zone. First working weekend. Boom. Um, so I'm guessing you passed your drug test. I I'm assuming so. They okay. said three to five business days. Took the test on Sunday. So uh, they should have had those those results back and. Uh, should be all right yeah good to go yeah um first weekend there had a fucking 
banger of a time. Already taking advantage of some perks. Yes. Tony Hinchcliffe came through. Headliner. Yes, dude. He just solidified. Like, I already knew he was, like, a really good comic. I knew he was a smart dude. But seeing him work, seeing every set he did, like, every night. How many did he do? He did five sets. Okay. What what days? They were all different, dude. What days, though? Like, one Thursday, two Friday, One Thursday, yeah, two Friday, two Saturday. Okay. Early show, late show. He had one show on Thursday, which is pretty cool. Just every show. Like, they weren't. Uh, like completely different bits but he would throw different wrinkles in mm-hmm. and he would like change up the order he would take a whole different bit out and put a new one in there mm-hmm. and then have like he had the same closer every time but like the way he got to the closer was different mm-hmm. and i was just so impressed dude i've never seen that before i've never seen a professional like put that many sets together and kind of see what they're working on because it got better and better each night and then on the last night he fucking killed it boom he was destroying i bet yeah, dude. well i think we caught the late show friday was that it Yes. Yeah, yeah, we caught the late Friday, and it was awesome because you, he was like, they'd already dressed, the crowd wasn't that into it. Yeah. And you could really see him, like, work. The hard. early show Friday was really good, which is ironic because usually the late show is better. Know, better. Yeah. I don't know. Something about that late show Friday night. It was a little sparse in there, like yeah. the back scenes where it filled in, but uh, it was but still like a good he show. He addressed it and kept it funny and professional. He was h- hilarious. He was like, you know what, I like it like this. You know what, I'm used to some selling out arenas, and you know what, yeah. I like I like this. This is my special night. No, he was like, some comics like big sold out shows. Not me. Yeah, <laughs> I like it like this. <laughs> Just like this. And a couple times, like he went to the crowd and like he sat out on stage and like was sitting on the edge of the and just stage murked and- one dude. He kept trying to chime into his set that one time, or in our show, he was like, oh, and five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, that was your show? I don't like you. You're annoying. <laughs> Stop talking. This is not working. Like, horrible timing. Yeah. You have a bad sense of humor. Like, yeah. I feel awesome. so bad because, like, I want to do something, but I can't really. Like, I'm in, I'm the new guy. I can't really go and throw some guy out. Plus, it'll make the show even more awkward because some guy's getting thrown out. Some guy did actually get thrown out the late show Saturday night. It was For still being, his best what, show. Like, drunk? He was just drunk in the very front row trying to, like, talk to him as he was doing his act. Still murking him? Still murking him, and then eventually, like, my manager had to go and, like, tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, come see me out front, and they just kicked him out. Nice. He was just drunk. He wasn't a bad dude. He was just, you can tell, doesn't really drink a lot and was with his buddies. Yeah. Some frat boy. But dude, he was... It's gonna happen. He was awesome. You didn't hit us up after, or shout out to you for hooking it up and letting us know about uh, oh, the golden pony in town, but uh, then you told us about an after party or an after gathering. Yeah. And we didn't hit you up, you know? It's all good. We left, and while we were enjoying ourselves outside outside the lobby, he came around the corner to enjoy a cigarette. We ended up talking to him for like 15, 20 minutes. It's fucking awesome, dude. That's what it's about, just getting to know him. And I didn't really do that all weekend. I knew if I got around him, I would have weirded him out and like dick rode him the whole time. But like, I had a few interactions. He was a super nice dude. Can't really say anything bad about him. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. I feel like some of the other people who were talking to him when we were outside were talking about the like his podcast and stuff like really? that. Really? Like that's good to hear. I hadn't heard about it, so like I feel like I don't know. I didn't have any reference there, but I know hung out for a little bit, got to shoot the shit, talk about comedy and like Jacksonville, and even made fun of his fucking outfit because it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, with his uh wrestling shoes. He had like wrestling shoes and skinny jeans on. <laughs> I was like, those things look like they're painted on your caps. Like, like a button-down shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was awesome. You said that to him? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to like 
think of like an opener to come up and like start a conversation with them but like i just couldn't i didn't want to like just go up and just start talking to them and be like all right well i'm gonna leave and i don't know i'm just like that so i didn't want to ever have that awkward interaction i'd rather have some image of him in my head as being like a nice dude and that be it and like not yeah i feel like he has that make him hate me that border confidence on the edge of condescending vibe exactly but I feel like you have to have that vibe as like a comedian and like on that scene that he's probably on. And that's like, what I want to do: come up and like kind of neg him in a way, just to like you know let him know it's cool. Like if you're gonna like make fun of me back, or like we can yeah. have that kind of interaction. But mm-hmm. I felt like everything I said in my head was gonna be come off as dickish. And well, I feel like ev- even when we were hanging out outside, I felt like it wasn't like he was posturing, but you could tell as a comedian he's like a wordsmith, so he could he very much alpha a conversation, right? And just like Sa- yeah, center it and you know. I don't know. I yeah. feel like he's used to that. Yeah. I've started to know this, notice this, and it's not a, like a new thing, but comedians are generally like not, like they either have like the ugly duckling syndrome or like they are not really like attractive or, you know, they have to use their words in order to like kind of be... They're like ugly girls. They're like, yeah, you have to have a great personality. Comedians are like ugly girls. Comedians are like ugly girls. So his whole life, he's tried. He's had to hone that ability to draw people in with his words and his his action, his mannerisms. Where people, I mean, I hate to sound, it's gonna sound like whatever. People like us, like we have, we've never really had to like cultivate a great personality. You have, I feel like, just because you're like a funny dude. But I feel like good-looking people, you know, such as myself, such as such as you, such as like people we know, like we kind of come off as dicks because we haven't had to open up and let people in in that arena so we never cultivated that part of us i feel that true that way about myself all the time like fuck like i've i don't know i just feel like i could just too ridiculously good looking not no not that at all but like i was good looking enough growing up to where to where like i didn't feel the need or to overcompensate with jokes or with like i like to be funny in class but i never knew I had to be super ridiculously charismatic to get with girls because girls just were automatically like kind of drawn to me. Not all of them. I'm not saying like every girl I've ever tried to like, I've been rejected and and denied, but for the most part, like, I don't know, like that's not something I had to cultivate. Sorry, I keep using that word, but I mean, I feel like people like Tony and like other people in that ilk who like shorter comedians who were like very short, not, you know, the best looking people that's how they got girls or that's how they got friends yeah yeah i can see that i feel like it's less of a cultivation to get girls and more of a personality trait that you develop because i feel like when you're developing that personality you haven't even hit pre-beauty to like make it a posturing thing for girls it's more of like a that kid's probably just not gonna be very social later Hmm. it's like an elementary school and like young ages where it's like that's when you're developing personality like that like this kid's kind of a extrovert this kid's kind of an introvert it's not like in high school where you just decide like i don't know i was i need, an extrovert. I need, to, start to, I need to start telling jokes yeah <laughs> i'm sick of this yeah i feel like i was an extrovert up until high school like i wanted to like be, like have friends and like i was super outgoing but then i just started to not be i don't know why like i'm i think i'm still trying to figure that out but I do think a lot of it is because I don't feel that constant need for attention because I was kind of validated with that earlier on in life. Was it like most attractive or like most? Like- I don't even think about that. First of all, you always bring that up. I don't, but like, no, just because <laughs> I don't know. Like 
I always remember like camp counselors, teachers were always super nice to me because I, I was a nice kid and like I was just a cute kid. You know what I mean? Maybe because you were white. And I was white. <laughs> <laughs> and I was white. I forgot about that. You were just the cute little butt-nosed white kid. But it kind of fucked me in some ways because you kind of like treat people like they're special and then they think they're special later on in life and you really you soon realize that you're not once you get to early adulthood you know out of college out of high school like you're just a fucking per like everyone's just a dude like tony's just a dude joe rogan's just a dude yeah i feel like everything all the social constructs you develop until you're like 16 17 up until high school makes sense because everything in your scope is very familiar very very small and narrow yeah and then as soon as you get out of that scope nothing matters you're like, like whoa <laughs> this <laughs> is a different world yeah i don't see all of these people i usually see anymore and i don't like, mean shit in it yeah no, it's yeah. like i don't have any status in this new like it's i don't know yeah that's Things what fucked bigger. me up about fsu like going to from like a like a my stepdad always said this because like he knew kind of what like, he knew how vain I was and how, like, sensitive I was to, like, these things that I'm talking about right now. Mm. Like, he was like, you went from, like, being, like, kind of, like, a well-known fish in a small pond to a small fish in a very large lake. You know what I mean? Like, you were, <laughs> you were, like, you're a minnow. Yeah. And, like, in your head, like, you'll soon realize it doesn't matter. And, like, I have. But you, like, I don't know. People who grew up with that, like, instant gratification just because like either how you looked or, or like your skin color or whatever mm -hmm. like you don't like i said have to cultivate a certain part of yourself that that meshes with the outside world um my life's I don't so feel hard like, yeah i don't <laughs> feel like you had any problems like that i feel like you developed well enough for the outside world i feel like yeah. it's just everybody making that transition i feel like i had a hard time making that transition regardless of trying to be personal and get people like me it was still like it's just it's a it's like i don't know it's like zooming out on your life like you have a super narrow scope and like i go to this Publix and like i know these people and i have these classes with these people and i have a crush on that girl and i know these people because they live in my neighborhood and i used to ride my bike to that place yeah. and then as soon as you go to college or get outside of that and don't see these people every day it's like your scope gets it's a huge unknown yeah it's a gets way bigger yeah and it's scary if it doesn't all go right as well as it did the first time or how it was in your prior life or prior yeah. experiences. I think that's why a lot of people were reference peaking in high school. Yeah. Because that's where it's you... It's my biggest fear. <laughs> For real, dude. I feel like you've gone past the peak of high school, though. So, like, you shouldn't have to, like... Yeah. If not, you, like, peak now. Like, it wouldn't be like you peaked back in high school. I want to peak when I'm, like, 40. And then, like, Don't peak. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's the whole goal is not to question. peak, right? <laughs> yeah. When do you want to peak in life? Yeah. No I don't want to hire you. It's never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's actually a good, uh, good little tidbit. Mm, interview question. Yeah. When do you want to peak in life? And then if they say an age, you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> don't say you Just click the pen yeah. and write something. Yeah, right. So just scribble and, like, end of interview. <laughs> just watch. Let, let them see you're just scribbling. Yeah. <laughs> I have the notepad plot. <laughs> Scribble. Did you write something? No. Uh, it's, a, it's a pencil. Yeah. So, Tony Hedgecliffe had fucking great shows. Oh, man. I hope it's always like that. Dean and I were joking before the podcast, like, if I just only went to or worked the comedian shows that I wanted to every weekend. He lucked out. Cool gig. Yeah, my first, first gig. Weekend, yeah. Whoa. 
Yeah, learned a lot. Learned uh, learning a lot about the restaurant industry. I feel like fucking I can do that shit. What do you mean, like own a restaurant? I want to own a comedy club one day. Like I want. Is it basically a restaurant? Is what you're saying, dude? It's not even. You saw what food they had there. Not shitting. Yeah, it's on, basically appetizers. Yeah, I'm not shitting on the comedy zone. Like it was, you know, it's comedy club food. Yeah, and it's not really that hard to maintain. Like it's a dark environment. You don't have to keep it too clean. Mm. And it's just like. I feel like I can do that. I feel like I know how to, like, I know what a show needs to be and feel like. And I can replicate that and do it a little better. Mm, I like where your head's at. We're yeah. thinking entrepreneurial thoughts. Yeah, one We're day. We're thinking above uh, scuba shacks on the coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a little stage in the corner. <laughs> All Snorkels and comedy. Snorkels and laughs. <laughs> That'll be the name. Oh, that's funny. Snorkels and snorts. Fuck yeah. Snorts is not what you want associated with. I guess. Snorkels and snorts. It's like a front for a Coke dealer. Yeah, it's going to be a coked out club. Yeah. Comedians are like, let's go to snorts. It's going to get shortened down to straight snorts. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, um, comedy show etiquette. Now, uh, we had a friend who was um, picked on, like, I guess, oh, he asked who here has had sex with a black lady. Mm. We had a friend who was called upon, and I just want to go over this. Um, whenever you're responding to to a comedian, keep it to one to three words. Because mm. if you go on to, like, complete sentences, you're just going to lose everyone, lose momentum in the crowd. Just, if you go to a show, one to three word responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In his defense, yeah, the show did change from there. Yeah, the momentum did shift into like we're steamrolling now. Yeah, well, that's what he does. That's I what, mean, that's it wasn't that was bad, but it was like it was coming up fast, and then that was like, oh, we're rolling. Yeah, like yeah. he got into his flow after that. Yeah, it's because he. That's what the goal of the comedian is to do: is to find some person and then have the like. Have the crowd buy in. Have the crowd buy into that reaction of the comedian, and then then the crowd's on the comedian's side. Yeah. So like you kind of just good tactic. Throw up, you know. Lock and balls. it was good seeing like the one guy stonewalled him, and then like seeing him do crowd work and like people just being like super standoffish and like trying to figure it out and like addressing it. And I kept I like how he kept just being like. Jesus Christ, y'all suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or like he walked off stage at one point. Like it was, it was good. It was a really good show. Yeah. One of the best comedy shows I've been to. He's a performer. Dude. Very intimate too. Yes. Like the comedy zone. Yeah. Like the little booth. Yeah, that yeah, was nice. Was pretty cool. Very nice. Yeah. So shout out to Tony Hinchcliffe. Oh, he had an opener. I wanted to drop his website because he was Jeff? funny as fuck too. Jeff Zinizek. Dude, he had some jokes, yeah. man. J e f f. Uh, Zinizek is Z-E-N-I-S-E-K. He has a podcast called The Grounded Podcast. Haven't listened to it yet, but shout out to shout out to that dude. Didn't really talk to him, but he was a cool, he would seem nice. And to be honest, he had a uh a, and this is like a completely judgy place. Mm-hmm. He has an image that makes you not want to like him, but a set that makes you realize like this guy's fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy's cool as shit. Kind of self-deprecating, but also just kind of like he was very revealing. Like he just t- kind of looks like a douchebag. He's like, he's six seven, six eight, right? Like long six, hair. Seven. Like he's a good looking dude. It, not, I wouldn't say he's a good looking dude. He just looks like a fucking like he just looks stereotypical in the way of like you can assess him and think like you know him, but you don't. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. But yeah. he was he had a fire. It was a great opener. 
Yeah. Talking about like video games and fucking like people guessing his height and like mm-hmm. like he's a carnival game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um he's opened up for a lot of comedians around here. I think Tom Segura and Big J, so And then all been girl. vetted. Oh girl. Only cuz I saw her at the Hourglass. Mm-hmm. She did the same set. She shouldn't have said the show the crowd sucks, but she finished stronger than she started. So I'm not mad at her. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh Christina Shriver. Mm-hmm. She's a uh, very well known around the Jacksonville comedy community. Mm-hmm. She's like the, you know, the dugout mom of the comedy community. Like she's fucking got her hands in everything she showrunner yeah obviously host yeah she kills it she does well. it she does her job she did well i yeah. do like how you said he, he makes it up because it just feels weird doing the same set like once i, I see was so worried about that different places like oh man this yeah. is how can you do this even zinazek like he makes it up he had the same jokes but he kind of mixed up the flow and throw a little wrinkles here and there, depending on the crowd and depending on reactions. I feel but, like that's comedy too. But Tony, dude, he had he had like different improvisational things that he did in every show and callbacks for him. Like, were you there the show that he had the strong Jack and Coke? No, that was that he was didn't Trina's address show. It. That was Trina's show. He, he had, had a Jack and Coke. Um, he ordered a Jack and Coke or on a, stage, a which Crown was and nice. Coke. Yeah, on stage, and the bartender brought it to him. And he took a sip. Was like, "Holy shit! Light on the coke tonight, eh?" And like, he just like he referenced that like three times in his act and mm. tied him all in with the bits, mm. and it was fucking hilarious. See, I feel like that's more com- like my style of comedy. Yes, I feel like when even in the sense of if you're in a group of people and like you feel like you say something funny and no one heard it, don't say it again. Yeah, like you just lose all the essence of saying it twice. Like it just lost all its luster. And I feel like when you end up. If I see you say a joke at one place and I go another place and hear you say the same thing, it's not like it's not funny, but it's like, what? Yeah. Like it just feels weird. That's why you have to throw in things from the environment in with the written bit that you have. Yeah. And if you can't do that, it's probably not a good bit because it's not really relatable to whatever crowd or environment you're in. Or, mm-hmm. Dude, I, I still can't get over it. Like I wrote today, like I, I feel like fucking inspired. Like, Ooh, who's I next? Saw it, who's coming next? Um, I need to look up a schedule. No one that I'm really like, okay, super excited for. It's uh, J- July and um, late June, so there's not people are vacationing and stuff. So true. So yeah, it's. Uh, but what you been writing, be sir? Uh, just a couple bits here and there. I thought were funny. Inspired. Yeah, I have um one little thing I wrote for the podcast that I'll give away for free. We can work this out. Nice. The charismatic hillbilly dialect theory. Okay, I like I keep doing this in my everyday life on the podcast. I'll hear myself do it where I do kind of this like this accent where I'm talking super Southern. I've started to notice that it's kind of just creeping in and being my my speech and my dialect. And I wonder if like that's how things get passed down. Like we all kind of will imitate our grandparents or parents like just talking how they would like come on baby let's go get some dinner like just you know ironically saying it to your girlfriend or whoever you're with mm. and i think it we just kind of all sort of morph into that and i'm trying to make that funny i'm trying to like work through it so you're saying like it's like telephone kind of like they never really talk like that but it gets passed down time at like right and eventually it's just not even the same and eventually it, it just becomes part of your vernacular and whether or not you you started out saying it ironically like now that's just how you talk. You I get I mean? that more. Yeah, I, I don't know I'm how to make sure that funny. The, I'm not sure the angle on it either. 
Uh, okay, I think that this is kind of part of what I wrote. I think some people mock things so much that they just end up being the thing that they were mocking. That's good. That's a good okay. start. That, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that's to synthesize it all down. That's like people saying like Bay and like yeah. Lit that's what I do. Like yeah, that. like I'm not even saying it because I'm in the you know the the woke or the new millennial zeitgeist. Like I'm just saying it to make fun of that. And but like if now you, it's something you say. If you say it like if I say it around you, like you're like oh he's making fun of obviously because he doesn't speak like that every day. But if I said that around like a Chipotle worker who's like 40 years old, he just thinks I say that because. That's what he sees, you know, on Instagram or whatever. And, like, I'm that guy in his head to him. Yeah. I feel like I started saying true, ironically, and it it has stuck ever since. Yeah, you're a true guy. I don't know. I feel like I don't know why. I feel like ever since 2 Chains came, we just started saying true. I just thought it was funny. And then said true to everything. And now. I am I. I I text I. Like, I, I don't. Like, why do the A or the L and the R? Like, just I. You know what I'm saying? I could start out just by like, I and just like texting it, <laughs> but now it's just like, I, that's my vernacular and I say it and I text it. So if you didn't know me, you would just think I'm trying to always sound like like hip. hood or urban or hip, yeah. yeah. When it's just like it's just shorthand for me, yeah. And that's how kind of a language devolves. Mm. That's what we're you think doing. It's devolving or evolving, because how can how can language evolve really? Um, the more the more influences as far as other languages are like assimilated into it like we didn't have menage a trois before we were super cool with the french you know what i mean now that's just part of is menage a trois a threesome yeah i think we had threesomes before we but we didn't have that that was in our vernacular we just called them threesomes it's not like but that's but not, not but not, like fiance like before would you always say fiance in like 18 okay i get or, that but is that an addition to language or is that just another language that we kind of know phrases from? It's a little bit of both. It doesn't have to be singular. It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. But I don't think that makes it an addition that we just know another country's phrase. That's not an addition to language. That's just a culture. I feel like it's hard to add to language. I feel like the de-devolution of language is the evolution of language. Mm. I feel like it's all condensing into like a super. Eventually, I maybe possibly eventually everyone will speak the same language because it'll be devolved down to one thing. Clicks and whereas beeps now and it's very distinct, but as people start to mesh, it starts to get like, well, why doesn't this? We're just why don't we just make that I or why don't we yeah. just make that one y'all? And then now for t- ease of use and for quickness and. Yeah, you only need to give so many messages, and everything else can be filled in with physical communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll know. Language is tricky. We shall know. Ooh, okay. I got the little comedy bug as well. I wrote two bits. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna share one, and I feel like one's a little stronger than the other, and I'm gonna share the stronger one. Mm-mm. And with your strongest, and with your say the one, and then say your strongest one. Or which one you feel is strongest? Say which one I feel is strongest second? Yeah. Okay. The one I feel is least strong is, and I just wrote down quips. I got to work through it. Um, it starts off with being like, how many people really go to church? And how many people think they're going to hell? And how I stopped going to church because it was a financial decision. And how, like, if you're poor... There's almost no reason for you to be going to church financially if you're only tithing away your money 
with kind of no return. Hmm. And I kind of turned into an atheist because of a financial decision. Mm. <laughs> I didn't turn into a lack of faith. I just couldn't afford. Yeah, I just couldn't <laughs> afford to be a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's right. the weaker one. Okay, the no, sh- you can synthesize that down, though. Just kind of did with... Yeah, I got I got to work something through and That's get it. That's all it is, man. And get some the core out of it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, get the the pureness, the A1. Okay, the I like f- that though. I like where you're going. The second one. I always hear about people talking about um don't read your your comments on your page like when they're famous like, "No, I don't read that." Like people are hating on you. Um when you're famous? Yeah, when yeah. you're famous. And I was thinking when I get famous, just my luck my first follower will be a hater. Like, just when you're starting to, like, check out your comments and it's not a big deal and, like, the ratio. It's, like, it's all numbers game. Like, some of them are going to be haters, but, like, the first one is a hater. <laughs> so, like, when you're still checking it, you just get really bummed out as you're getting famous. Yeah. So, I got to work that one out, too. But I feel like that one was a little more okay. jerky. Okay. Okay. Uh, you got to you gotta lull the... I don't say you have to. Because I heard some guy giving out comedy advice after the show and I just rolled my eyes. Like, I don't... You don't have to do anything. I feel like you should prefer former um, or a guy. Uh, yeah, I think it was a local comedian. Okay, and but every time I came out, it wasn't just one time. Like I would come out, and he'd be like, giving this dude notes. He's always giving advice. It was twice. Like I came out, yeah. it was the same night. But I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, dude, just give it a rest. Like I don't know, just if you want to give people little things that they could do, do that. But don't say you got to do this or you you should do this whenever yeah. this happens. Now you're just being funny for one person. Yeah, and uh, I forgot where I was going with that. But with that, um, the, no, you, you say you should hone it down a little bit more. No, lull them. Yeah, but with your thing about um, getting famous, you have to first kind of like I don't think that be that would be like a first bit thing. Like you have to open up and kind of like show that you're not douchey to get them on your side. Because if you just all of a sudden jump to when I'm famous one day, mm. unless that's your character, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. The deeper, the deeper yeah, image yeah. there. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Okay. You gotta set up if you're gonna be the hero or the heel. Mm-hmm. Like a Kevin Hart, like he's kind of like that in that ilk of he is so braggadocious that it's funny. And Tony Hinchcliffe, the the top yeah, he young rising comedian in the world, to, like get away with certain things. Yeah. I feel like it's almost it's not a cop out, but it's almost like a comedic strategy. Like I know this. I wouldn't say I know this because I don't know you, but I feel like this isn't your true bravado. But when you give the, yourself this bravado, it allows you so much more room to play and work within. Yeah, that's why I was trying to think of, like, I had an idea whenever we were talking about Tony at the beginning and why I didn't go up to him and talk to him. And that's why I was trying to explain to Trina last night. It's because I know whenever he enters the comedy zone, he enters the room, he is Tony Hinchcliffe. He has to be the golden pony. the top, yeah, the top young rising comedian in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not a fakeness, but it's a persona that I can't really, like, with other people in the room kind of get into and kind of right, buy into it. It, and like act along with him like i can't i just because i've heard him on podcasts like i feel like i kind of know him mm-hmm. like i would want to be in a situation where it's just like him and i like one-on-one talking and like that's not going to happen because he's you know he's like why would he just sit down with me like it's yeah. not but I, yeah i can't get behind that and kind of interact in that environment because i know he's not being like his true self. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it he's is. He's being Tony just, Hinchcliffe. Yeah. And, he's being his character of himself. Yeah. And that's not a knock. It's just, it's what he kind of has to do to sell himself. Yeah. It's your working. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's why I couldn't really come up to him and like initiate a conversation because I knew he would be like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And like, and I'm sure it's like you gotta stay hungry, and it's a lot more ruthless out there. And he's probably posturing around a whole bunch of people the same age and the same guilt and right. coming up, and is saying like, "So now he has to be the best out of his little group, and he's the smallest." I don't know. I feel like he has. I'm sure they all have a certain dynamic that drives them to be better and work harder. Yeah, but he was he was awesome. Yeah, we keep dick riding, Tony, which is not exactly what I did not want to do oh in person, but it's, it's fine. We're doing it on the podcast because I'm just getting it out. Yeah, you're gay. Gay for girls and <laughs> dick ridings for, for Tony. <laughs> First cowboy. <laughs> but uh, speaking of this weekend. Oh, yeah. Did some Let's get competing. back to you. Did some yeah. competing. The first no sub, no time limit sub only competition. Okay. For those who don't know, there's usually rounds, right? In jiu-jitsu tournaments, there's three rounds. Well, no, well, in jiu-jitsu tournaments, it's usually one round. It's one round? One round, it's usually five minutes or six minutes, and after that, it, it goes off points. There's never one where there's three rounds where it's like two minutes each or three minutes each? Not in, not in like... Like Naga? Not like stuff like that. Okay. Um, usually, it's five minutes or six minutes, and there's points for things you do. So, you get takedown points, you get sweeping points, passing points, okay. stuff. This one, it's a ten minutes, so it, technically no time limit, just because there's no rush. It's... 10 minutes twice the time and the only way to stop the match is submission only and um single elimination eight man bracket uh it was interesting ended up going 90 or not 90 nine minutes in 43 seconds in my match and ended up tapping to a naked choke oh and your first match yeah damn and I, dude and i feel like i felt it because i heard them say 30 seconds left and i was ready for overtime and i was like all right we're going to overtime and as soon as i like switched my mentality like all right overtime mentality gotcha. it was on my face and like dropped down to my neck and i was like jesus damn and like i held that note like five seconds and i was like ah oh, because i was gonna held out on my yeah. face for another like 30 seconds i would have been fine with that but i couldn't do it would they that. stop you after 30 seconds yeah, it would have been the 10 minutes, and then we would have gone to overtime. So it would have they would have stopped you, would have readjusted or repositioned. Mm-hmm. And, and then done overtime rules. So so that happened. But the matches before, another guy from my school lost in, I think, like 11 seconds in his first match. No! Crazy leg lock entry, heel hook, and finish. Damn. And it was it was a crazy tournament. There, you should you should have been able to come. It was I, I checked the day before on the OPI Facebook, whatever, and it was sold out. The, it was it, sold out, but you could still come. That's what it said, but I wasn't going to go to Orange Park and just sit there and see if I can get to a fucking jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah. But I'm sorry I didn't come out. No, it's My all bad. good, but it was Fuck. fucking killers. Yeah. It was There was heel hooks, arm bars, triangles, You know, that's everything. what they were training for. They were just training for fucking submissions. Yeah, it was, it was a dope tournament. it in, watching every YouTube, you know, Eddie no, Bravo. None of it came down to, like, a time, like, decision or every, all, every match ended with a submission. Ugh. Yeah. That would have been one to go to. Yeah, it was great. Ugh. And it was just, it was a bunch of killers. It was just everybody just honing in. Anyone from your school get deep? No. no. So both of us lost in the first round, and then I think the I don't think one local guy won at one thirty five. Um, a kid from Gulf Coast, no, not Gulf Coast, somewhere else won at one fifty five, and then another guy from top Brazilian top team Boca won mm. at one seventy five. Damn, and they came all the way from Boca. Yeah, the people come from Alabama, Georgia. <sighs> yeah, the people coming to compete. It was wow. it, had, it had a big draw. It was nuts. So I'm excited for the next one. You know that kind of shows though that is, is that your gym is very old school. 
What do you mean? Just from an outsider's perspective, no sub, no gi, right? Mm-hmm. Your your gym was kind of like very. It seemed like it's if, way more gi. Yeah, it's. I've, I only saw gi. I guess there's no gi classes during the week. Yeah. I just went to like a first, you know, instructional class or like every you know belt and com class, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It just seemed like it was very like. Everything was super respectful. Everything, I guess, is that bow, every jiu-jitsu? No, Gracie Ball is very traditional in that sense. Like you yeah. bow on and off of the mats, and like you, there's, I don't know, you. Res- I wouldn't say you respect rank because you respect rank everywhere, but like you bow on onto the mats and like you address your professor and stuff like that. Usually, tenth planets are like you just walk on the mats and like you kind of sit whenever if they're instructing. Yeah. You can sit or stand, and like you kind of call your professor their first name, and like yeah. it's a lot more lax. I feel like. And by other in other aspects of traditional, I mean that um, Gracie Bear, the one that you go to, your, your gym. I feel like they go with like the philosophy of jujitsu and kind of teach you like the move, the body movement. Whereas the new agey, you know, tenth, what is it, tenth planet? planet mm-hmm. Like they want to get to the submission to like neutralize the situation, you know, in a more realistic setting. You know what I mean? Whereas mm, I'd say tenth planet's a little bit more. I wouldn't say MMA, but a little bit more combat jujitsu based. Whereas Gracie, it's Bob's more on the more. offensive, right? Is that fair uh, to say? Not, it's not offensive. It's more sport. It's yeah. more geared towards sport. But Gracie Baja is more geared towards self defense. Yeah, you can speak in a more nuanced way about jujitsu, but just from an outsider, it just feels like tenth point. I mean, they put it together. That was the the invitational was built yeah. around that you mm-hmm. know kind of style of teaching. Is just go over the submission. There's no time limit. There's no points, so you can give up bad positions. You can give up bad positions, but ultimately get where you need to be to neutral. Like I said, neutralize the situation. If like if you were in a fight in a bar, like it's not you're not going for points. Like you're you going wouldn't to- want to planet rules though. Right. What do you mean? Because if you're in a bar fight, mm-hmm. you don't want to be comfortable in your back and just giving up bad positions and rolling and going with the flow and figuring out and getting a submission. Hmm. If you're in a bar fight, you probably want Gracie Bach because you're just gonna like. You want to neutralize, stay on top, and figure this thing out okay. and get out. Okay. That's why it's a little more sport. It's way better for that no-gi sport style, but I wouldn't say it translate to self-defense better. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Like, but it, do- it doesn't translate to MMA better either because it's a different, like a whole other genre of like MMA-style jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. So every school kind of has their... Or um, you never really want to be on your back. You never want to be on your back. You can't choke as well because you have gloves on. Right. Like you, there's positions where you don't want to be... where. Usually they're good positions, but now you can get punched in the face, so you don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So like it's a whole another style of jujitsu. Yeah, I thought about that, like just seeing people roll and like what people would really do in like a real situation. Yeah, you have this advantage if it's if the understanding is that you're not going to strike. Right. But if your head's exposed and you're kind of going through yeah, like yeah, you're leg, holding my leg, I could just could... fucking smash your yeah. face in. And yeah, it's that's like what... yeah, you're kind of holding my leg right now. Yeah, but yeah. I could still really fuck you up. Yeah. Whereas, like, other schools are, like, we're not even trying to strike. Like, I'm just going to go for your feet and rip your fucking ankle off. Mm-hmm. Or however they do it. But it was awesome winning experience. I feel like the biggest thing I learned is I was way too focused on my weight this whole camp. Mm. Not in a sense that I wasn't focused on jiu-jitsu, but, like, I've never had to cut weight for any kind of competition or anything. And I feel like I will, the anxiety, not the, eh, the anxiety and just the stress of, like, God, I need to keep like dropping weight. I keep need to keep dropping weight. Like God, yeah. I need to change my diet. And like, it was just all this extra that I wasn't trying to. That's the only thing you were donating your mental capacity towards was your weight. Instead of learning new moves, learning submission, not you know learning how to not 
get in compromising situations. Did you do any visualization drills or? Oh yeah, I yeah. feel like the one thing that my jitsu game needs right now is um, attacking from defensive positions. I feel like my top game sharp, my defense game sharp. But when I get on defense, I'm so comfortable in my defense that. I don't ever want to like change the momentum and go back on offense. I'm just like going with because it could go wrong. Not even that it could go wrong. It just it's energy consuming. Mm. Like I'm just comfortable down here. I know I'm, but I never change the momentum. I'm just fucking going with the flow. Yeah. So it make it doesn't make it seem like I'm losing. But I just I'm not on offense. Yeah. I'm just fucking stall. It's not it's not stalling. It's uh, I don't know. I feel weird about it now that I've kind of addressed it and want to like be more aggro in my game. Yeah gotta get that explosiveness to get in from that defensive position to yeah to change the momentum and get back to my top game and attack more yeah because i'm super strong and just like hanging out and letting you waste your energy trying to pin me down yeah but i never like big burst and get back on top and start fucking with you yeah Hmm. so yeah exciting weekend grinding yeah then went to a seminar today mr brandon mcgagrin fire seminar man. really fire did you get a chance to roll yep rolled with him um great seminar learned some concepts some techniques sharpen my game so seminars are always fun seminar shout out to him big seminar oh this was intimate probably like 20 30 people okay i feel like that'd be perfect yeah it was nice yeah. you guys can all roll with each other different belt levels and yeah different you know jujitsu minds who don't always come together it's cool mm-hmm. yeah that's cool, man. Good um, stuff's been going on, brother. Speaking of uh, combat, some fights on tonight. Yeah. Ooh, Who are you excited I for? They just started. I'm just started. excited to see uh, Mr. BJ Penn ooh. get back after it after getting just pieced. I think I saw Guido was on the card. Yeah, Clay Guido's on that undercard. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I want to see uh, Hendrix. See if he's John back. Hendrix, he came in overweight like, again really? for the second time in a row. But I think wow. they're still fighting, but... I think Brendan Shaw's been addressing that a lot lately. Damn. Just not. How do you not make that? That's the thing. On a professional level. So mental. Weight cutting is, I have so much more respect for it now. It's so much more discipline than you ever fucking think. Training is so easy. Weight cutting and like, God, it sucks. Just not eating. Being miserable because your energy's low and like not eating what you want to eat and then training like and cutting water and dehydrating and then like trying to get all your energy back and no oh, jeez dude much respect to those guys who can do it wrestlers and then they say UFC fighters fight like drop like twenty pounds it's in three ridiculous. days ridiculous like are you f- fucking kidding me yeah that's I mean, not they, good the with how much they train though and their their sensitivity to training and the the food they eat like they're already before they train and try to drop weight they're calculating certain calories and science protein up. and carb intake like they they all they know what they're doing yeah it's just dialing everything back or <sighs> it's still nuts to think about though you know it's if you're getting paid to do it though it's uh, not that nuts just like anything else it's your job to like come in at the way it's no you for have, sure you have yeah. other people's you know livelihood to stick as to as well like you have another fighter who is planning on fighting you planning on getting that income that's the only thing you have to do kind of yeah it's the only thing you prepare have to do. and show up on weight that's yeah. the only thing you have control over i don't get it yeah it's just it's kind of disrespectful to not mm. 
That is insulting. It really is. It it kind of it's kind of a pussy move too because it like if you didn't make weight, it's kind of like you knew how much you weigh every day. Like you yeah, you it's weigh not yourself. like they snuck up on you. Like yeah, oh are you, shit, are like, you scared to fight me? You could say <laughs> shit like that. There's coke in my system. Yeah. What do you mean there's coke? Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, I did coconut. Oh, yeah, I, did, I did do. Yeah, yeah, I did coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm three pounds. Of, oh, oh yeah, I did eat that pizza. Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, whole, yeah. that whole large while I was drinking a beer and watching the game the other night. <sighs> Disrespectful. Uh, wow. Okay, you so know? those fights are something to look forward to. Yarg. Yeah, uh, what else I got down, dude? I was. I was oh, was the draft it? happened. How you feel, dude? I, I just wanted. Lonzo? Lonzo to go number two. I love that he got to the Lakers. I didn't see the draft, but I like I had work. But whenever I came to the bar, like I asked someone like about the draft, and they said, "Yeah, Lonzo went number two. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And like looking at me crazy, like you like the you like the Ball brothers, you like the Ball family. And I don't have a problem with them. I, I think like it's them. awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think it's great. They spoke it into fruition, and it happened. And like. They're, they seem like good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a little braggadocious. I the, feel like it the makes them braggadocious. even. I feel like it almost makes them even better people, because the dad is so outlandish. You can see them being like, "Oh man, I'm sure they have to deal with that dad all the time," and like they're so humble and like. Yeah. It makes them almost look better because their dad is so fucking yeah. rowdy. He's not a bad dude. He says yeah, some outlandish not shit, but he's not like denounce. He's not like a racist dude or like a sexist dude or he's confident in his kids. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Yeah. And smart about marketing. And it's like, I just want all three of them on the Lakers. And we're going to get this thing done. All three at le- have at least committed to UCLA. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. It's crazy. Ah, I can't wait. He's going to go down. He might go down as one of those little Kanye figures in the next few years. If he starts keeps talking like this. And There's going to be news. a lot of like LeVar Ball references and rap songs. Yeah. It, it it's hard not to. It's gonna be hard not to. Like Zoe, Ball, all the mellow, uh-huh. Lamelo. Like they all have like fucking. I don't know. They're set, dude. If yeah. they just don't get too big of head heads about them, and they seem humble, like you yeah, said, they seem humble. Like even with, I think it's because, I mean, they're not like good looking dudes. You know what I mean? It goes back I mean, to I that feel, thing. I feel like they're. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're great at basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like they gotta be. <laughs> had to struggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like they're not bad looking dudes. Come on, buddy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but yeah, it's just you and me now. Were you excited for any other player? Were they? Um, Nick's got to guess a guy. I mean, who? They got this French guard who's supposed to be like the next young French. I don't know. So they said the same thing about Porzingis. So I got to give it. Give it a shot, you know. Uh, poor thing is just the truth, though. He is the truth. He's but the truth. when he was drafted, they were like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, uh, people were crying. Yeah, so we got to let it happen and figure it out. But. Yeah, I didn't really follow it. I don't – the NBA draft, it doesn't affect the team no, as I, much as the the NFL draft or I feel like drafts. the NBA is not the kind of league that rookies make that much of an impact on your team. No. The NFL, a rookie can change your franchise – MLB, they go to the fucking minors. Yeah, NFL is like a big deal. Yeah, the NFL because only because the NCAA is so competitive now. Yeah, with like the the super conferences, That's the true. SEC, it's ACC. Fucking, You're playing in a, in a it's a pro, semi pro league, semi pro league. Yeah, exactly. These people are just going to be the same size. They're in the same forties, and yeah. they're all going to the NFL next year. So you're just going to see them next year. That's crazy. NBA, you're playing against sometimes scrubs. Cause, Super scrubs. Yeah. Like these small schools and like, you know, just like high school. Like these guys who 
dominated on the NBA level. I just I just think of like their local high school playing against like the JV team and just raging on people. Fucking monsters. And just driving and dunking every play and like 360 alley oops and like I'm sure none of your local friends could keep up with you. No. Like, what? You just step out of the way and watch. (laughs) (laughs) I got Kobe. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's it's ridiculous, the difference between NBA and NCAA. Yeah. Big Um, leap. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I kind of brought this up before the podcast. Good topic. Um, I was thinking it, and I kind of did some research after. I thought of it the other day. The one-and-done rule... Which you know it makes players um, come the to the NCAA or they have to go overseas for a year and then they can go to the NBA. There's a one year buffer between high school and pros. It doesn't apply to uh, like white sports or like hmm? white dominated sports. You know what I mean? And I and I was just thinking like the one and done rule is kind of racist. And there's a lot of theories to back it up. There's a lot of stories to back it up. Luckily, I wasn't the uh, the forefront of that idea. <laughs> why why would they put that there though? What do you mean? Like, what was the reason to, like, make them go to college one year anyway? To bolster the NCAA as an institution. And the reasoning was... Right, to we get don't some want, of that talent. Yeah, we don't want kids to, like, declare for the NBA draft and throw their whole future away because now they're NCAA ineligible. Ineligible because yeah. they went pro Because they went pro. They declared pro. Which, like, they don't have for baseball. For baseball, there's a, there's a rule which the NCAA is considering adopting which is the three-year rule either you can go straight and you can declare for the mlb draft out of high school or if you go to college you have to stay for three years so i mean that's kind of like it's a i don't know it's a double-edged sword but because say you come out of high school and you go to college and you're fire and you can get drafted you know the first overall pick you know the fucking the reds are sucking your dick because they want you to come like you can't. You have to wait two years. Two, but it's two years is a long fucking time. I know, too. especially a, for a nineteen-year-old kid. Yeah, who is in his prime? Year, yeah, and he's hitting f- like four fifty, and girls are starting to catch wind of some some baseball <sighs> money. Some yeah. bodies are hanging out, coming to the parties. It's hard to pass up, man. And it's hard Investors. to tell a kid that you can't do this because of time. Like, because we don't think you're ready. Like, we'll be back in two years. Yeah. Don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're on probation. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it seems kind of racist because they don't have that for a lot of white sports. They don't have for they don't have it for hockey. They don't have it for baseball. They don't have it for. Um, I think lacrosse was another one they mentioned. Yeah, it is true. They kind of want to pimp that talent thing. before they get to the league, get a little bit of viewership out of them. Yeah. I mean, it's just scratching backs. I feel like mm-hmm. you know. The NCAA is a feeder league, so why not? You know, get some eyes Partner on them. Partner up with the NFL, yeah. Before we can get some eyes on them. Yeah. More eyes, the better. Two yeah, eyes, so uh, eyes, some, got, some people do some research into that. Send a letter to your local congressman. Protest it. Let's change, let's change the world. Let's change everything. Change it. Change everything you know. Um, before we get into our question of the day, I was thinking before, I think it was at work before the show, about the funniest kind of people are people who are never trying to be funny. Yeah. It's like the nonchalant person who just is always like... The aloof person. Is aloof the word? What does aloof mean? Like, I feel like that's like wispy. Not wispy, but just like super serious and like... I don't know. 
I don't know how to describe it. It was like just nonchalant was the best way to put it. Hmm. Is that like a theory you had that you? It was a theory of like. I lost it. I don't know. In the moment, I was riding and steam training, but mm-hmm. now that I look back at my notes, it's like, I don't know. I was just thinking, like, the funniest kind of person is just the person who's never trying to be funny. Who's earnest. Yeah, they're earnest, and they just, like, their timing's impeccable. Mm. Yeah, that's what a lot of people try to get to. They're trying to get to that, like, super honest and real, like, flow or mental state or flow state, as you would call it. And it's hard to get there. That's why you have to do so much comedy. You have to do so much talking to to just be in a free associative state of mind. Yeah. You know, to let your thoughts just come out and be impeccably timed, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Faux it's, show. It's hard to get there. Um, Fuck. I had a little sound bite, but my, uh, that sound plant app that we were using, I've done more than 25 opens so now i can't use it anymore Fuck. Ah, and over with the bites over with the sound clips but to our question of the day yeah what is it is there one up there yeah awesome shout out to our producer shout out to the producer on point on deck ah. when is it okay to kill when is it oh she told me about this one mm. when you got some context for this no, I don't have like she just you know she just she mentioned it, it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I want to I want to get your your take and we'll go from there because I have. When is it okay to kill? Um. In self defense, of course. And in proactive protection. Hmm. This is the best. Elaborate. Way to put it. So proactive, proactive protection. Do you think, and we can maybe merge like these ISIS two. kind of stuff like that. So like, ideals that could one day be threatening to you, or are you know already threatening to you that could come into into fruition physically. Yeah. So the same way as like if someone's struggling and we're grappling with each other, and they try to kill me, I feel like it'd be okay to kill them. And in the same sense, if they had a knife and was standing across the street. And was about to come and attack me. I feel like it'd be okay to kill him too. Yeah. So that means self defense either way. You can you but, can keep the ISIS thing as a self defense thing. Yeah. I think. I feel like it's a little reachy for self defense though. Yeah. It's like a little bit more proactive than like someone invaded your 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 castle kind of thing. As far as like explicit violence, you mean what I what I'm get, trying to get to is do you think that. Uh, ideas are worth Killing potentially over. yeah Be- because in the grand scheme of things Ooh. you you could connect that's it a question you could connect it to dots later that would eventually like harm other people or this ideology has shown to be you know you know genocidal and murderous i.e but i don't Nazism. think ideas are worth killing for but actions are worth killing for yeah like retribution maybe I feel like sometimes, I feel like maybe that's what it is, whereas sometimes the context is injustice, the context is retribution. Hmm. As far as response from those ideas? Yeah, yeah. as far as response. I feel like sometimes justice isn't, when it comes to dangerous or violent ideas like that, I guess justice isn't quite enough to neutralize the threat. 
if that's the best way to put it. What do you mean as far like what how do you define justice in those terms? In the sense of like if someone kills someone then they should just put put on trial and go to jail. Or like be put on trial and be punished. It's not like if someone kills someone you should just go village vigilante and start killing mm. people. Like yeah, well, they bomb this. All right, well, then we're going to bomb them. And then, well, if they bomb this, and let's fucking figure this shit out and figure out how they need to be punished. Or like, yeah. It, I feel like it's more of like a retribution type thing. Hmm. So you think they'll just eventually get what they have coming to them? Sometimes they don't. Uh, so is that ever justice? And it is... Does that in your brain... Is that fair? And you think eventually, like, the world will return to some kind of balance... You know what I mean? Like it, it's hard to say because I feel like the world was in more balance when everyone knew you could kill each other. Mm. I feel like when everybody had like swords or everybody had guns, I feel like the world was in much more balance because there was a much easier, real line between like life and death and like respect and conflict and controversy. In verse, like, I don't know, staying in that good zone as opposed to the danger zone. I disagree. I disagree. Because now the dan- threat is such a distant thought to the modern person. It's really not. Mm. Yeah, you can say with swords and, and bows and arrows, like, you could kill people back and, you know, whenever we didn't have guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be the middle medieval times or whenever, like, people were murderous and, I don't know, it, it, but today you can kill people with your car if you wanted to. There's sidewalks full of people. There are movie theaters full of people. There's guns everywhere. But that's and there's not still personal. less violence. What's that? But it's not personal, and that's the point. Mm. These things are caused by things that take away the personal threat of like I can kill. I can kill you. Not I hit you with a car. Not like something happened or there's an accident. Like I killed you. You got stabbed. The, mur- mur- the murder capital of the world, not the death capital of the world. But I think it's the repercussions that w- that deter people more than anything. I don't think it's the lack of feeling or or desire. I just think the repercussions are much more apparent and I much more like in your face. I feel like if people realized how many cold cases there were, there'd be a lot more crime. <laughs> I feel like it's the illusion of justice yeah. that keeps people from being criminals. Murderous. and Yeah, because... A lot of shit doesn't get solved. Yeah, that's CSI just random is, is, shit, though. I feel like those people do eventually get caught. Like the person who just like randomly pulls over on the side of the road, the side of the road, and just kills a jogger and like drives on. Like, could be a fucking family man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no one knows. And that's you never why, thought about it. That's why people. No, I'm just saying. That's why there are cold cases. It's because it's so random that there's no dots there's to no tie pieces. together. But eventually that person gets found out of that person. Yeah, but all those, like, cases in the hood and stuff like that, like, nobody's talk, there's no witnesses, bodies show up, like, it's... Yeah. Things don't get solved. Things happen. It's just nuts. You know? How do we get there from when is it okay to kill? Um, I think it's okay to kill if you think you're going to be killed, and that's the only circumstance. What if someone's killing someone that you know? Ooh. Mm. Um... Yeah, because if, if they're that close to me to where I know them and they're going to be killed, then who's to stop them from not killing me as well? So that is in my self-interest to to get rid of that uh, that liability. <laughs> liability. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I if don't you're know. you're saying the only reason to kill someone is if they're trying to kill you and someone was trying to kill Trina, 
would you kill them? They're not trying to kill you at all. They're just like, I fucking hate women. I'm a woman oh, killer. Yeah, I don't know. Kill some... All right, you can only kill if someone's trying to kill you or yours. <laughs> <laughs> the term yours applies very vaguely. Exactly. You and yours. You and yours. You take you and yours. Trying to kill my pup. <laughs> you take him out of here. Gotcha. You and yours. Yeah. I, I don't know. Or it's people who can't defend themselves. Like in the case of like, say Trina was getting here late and there's some dude in the parking lot trying to fuck with Trina. Like, yeah. But what if he just if didn't it came know down what time to it, it I would fucking kill that. What? <laughs> 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 I would fucking get, wait. He just one of the time. <laughs> Oh, it's six oh seven. I'm sorry, my bad. I was I was about to fucking kill you, dude. My <laughs> no, but I, that was just an ex- an example. It's dark, and they feel like they can get away with it. You know, people feel like they can get away with things. You know, in the in dark, dark yeah. for sure, for sure. So I mean, yeah, it's tricky. Have you seen the the Philando Castile video? Mm-mm. You haven't seen it yet. Dude. I don't know if I even know reference that specifically. What is it about? It's it's the one of the latest cop shootings where. Some guy was getting pulled over by the cops. He had his girlfriend and his daughter in the car. And um, he told the cop, yeah, I'm a licensed carrier holder. Um, the gun is in the car. May I reach my wallet? And the cop was like, yeah, reach for your wallet or whatever. And, like, the guy goes and reaches for it. And the cop starts freaking out. You have to see the video. It's fucking crazy. And the the cop just got off. I don't know how you haven't Whoa, heard about it. Whoa, I, I probably have just heard. I've definitely heard about it if the cop got off now and the trial happened a while ago. Yeah, there's a been a ago. huge uproar. Um, it's fucking crazy. Everyone's saying, like, the, no one's defending this video at all. And if if they are, it's, like, just some blog, you know, blogger trying to get credibility or trying to, like, yeah. be a, a contrarian. But it's fucking crazy. Go uh, Philando Castile. Philando? Yeah. How do you spell Philando? P-H-I-L. Yeah, right there. Um, yeah, do the video and we can first, second, third. Um, go to the the second one because that's the actual video of the shooting. This is the aftermath. First, second, third. You want to see dash cam? Oh yeah, go down to the the fourth one where it says combined video show fatal. No, down, down. Come on, there we go. Dude, Mm. it is fucking nuts. Let's get the real inside scoop. It's uh, <laughs> you almost got me. You almost got me, CNN. I want you to sit down Fuck. and watch this. Uh, it's okay. It's Don Lemon. I don't mind Don Lemon. Okay. If you think he's a... Orlando Castile last year. Few people had seen the video. It was shown in court during Let's the trial of Officer Geronimo Yanez, who was acquitted quick. of the killing of Castile. And you probably remember the Facebook okay. Live video taken inside the car by Philando Castile's girlfriend. Well, tonight we have edited those two videos together, showing you every angle so you can judge Thank for you, yourself Shannon. what happened. But mm. I have to warn you, this is very graphic and it's difficult to watch. Here it is. Tie game on point two. It escalates so quick, dude. No, sir. Good. Good. Uh, reason I put you over to your brake lights are out. So you only have one activated active brake light, and that's going to be your passenger side one, your third brake light, which is up here on top. And on this one back here, it's going to be out. Do you have your license insurance? He's getting his license and insurance. Pulled him over for a bad brake light. Sir, I 
have to tell you, I do have a okay. firearm on okay. me. Don't reach for it, then. Don't pull it out. Don't pull it out. He said, I have a firearm. I'm pulling it out. I'm not going to pull it out. That was thunder. Did you just heard. Hold on, hold on. This is her Facebook live in the video. And the incident he's, after. He's covered. He he's killed my friend. He's licensed. He's carried. To, he's licensed to carry. He was trying to get out his ID and his Holy wallet out yeah. his uh, pocket, her, and he let the officer know the aftermath. that he was. Hello. Re he had a firearm and he was reaching for his wallet, and the officer just shot him in his arm. We're waiting for a back. I will, sir. No You're worries. Out. He just shot his arm off. We got pulled yeah. over on Larpener. I told him not to reach for it. I told him to get his hand open. He had. You told him to get his ID, sir. Right, his dude. driver's license. Oh my God! Please don't tell up. me he's dead. Please don't tell me my boyfriend just went like that. Keep your hands where they are, please. Yes, I will, sir. I'll keep my hands where they are. So calm, him, sir. She is so Lord, calm. Jesus, don't tell me that he's gone. Please don't tell me that he's They just gone. took a little kid out Please, of the back officer, seat. Don't tell me that There's a little kid back there, and the other officer pulled him you out. You shot four bullets out. into him, sir. He was just getting his license and registration, sir. Get the female passenger out. Ma'am, exit the car right now with your hands up. Keep your hands. Exit now. Keep them up. Keep them up. Face Where's my daughter? You got my daughter? Face away from me and walk backwards. Yeah, man, it's pretty fucked up. Dude, and they still haven't even addressed having her daughter? Are you fucking kidding me? This is outrageous. Yeah. Let's talk about that, huh? Yeah, that dude got off. And How? They said he had reasonable, you know, cause to draw his weapon and shoot. But yeah, it's fucking crazy, right? I get it, and it's fucking crazy. I get both sides. Yeah, you kind of get it, but then also you see how untrained he was, and like you just—it's like, a super untrained moment. But everything happened perfectly. But it's one of those super gray areas where, like, why would you tell the officer that you have a gun while you're reaching for your wallet and yeah. insurance? It just makes it super gray. Yeah. Like, okay, you're being super respectful and telling me, but like again, you are reaching for something. And I, uh, this is the kicker, though. Apparently, the NRA has not commented on it. They've gotten questions because he did everything right in that video. Yeah, he told Castillo, them I have a gun. Told them yeah. I have a gun, which you have to do. Uh -huh. You have to go get your license for the gun to show the cop uh -huh. and everything. And that's what he was doing. The NRA has, has had sh said shit about it. So there's speculation that I mean, it's been well known that the NRA is kind of like kind of like a racist institution. Mm -hmm. And they don't really care about black people's gun rights as opposed to like you know law-abiding white people and their gun rights that was co 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 crazy. crazy to see right how quickly that just flipped and how respectful it went from like what the fuck yeah like he freaked out and then was like crying like i, I told him, I told to him. yeah sir you told him to get his id and that's what he was doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fucking nuts, dude. And you can't, you can't be mad either on either side. I mean, you can't, I, you can be 
That's that's someone's you life. You can't be mad at Philando Castile's side. That's what sure. I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I should have said you that. You can or can't be mad at the police officer side. You can or can't. I, it's it's a again. You told him to grab his ID, and then he told you you had a gun. So again, he's reaching for something. It could have been the gun. Could have been the ID. I get there's a gray area, but you definitely can't fault Philando Castile. Yeah. There's no gray area there. And it just puts so much more gasoline on an already huge fire. Like now, every time like a young black male gets pulled over, like he's gonna have this grudge in his head, and the cops gonna not, have this video. It's not a grudge either. It's not even a grudge. It's a survival of like I might die. Exactly. But the cop feels that, and there's just a whole heightened sense of the situation. Whereas, if this was never a thing in the first place, it wouldn't kind of keep steamrolling and and like snowballing you know what i mean like it's only gonna get worse because of the video it's only gonna get worse because of the cops actions and it's the only gonna get worse because is, of the impression of cops you know what i mean yeah the weirdest thing is is like when we were talking about killing before it's like it's not an accident or it's not it's not it is an accident but it's not an accident <laughs> and like this isn't like spilled milk like somebody ends up dying yeah like, somebody fucked up and it's not like damn we just didn't get that paper out in time yeah. like no someone died so like this can be a complete mistake and like I can be in the complete wrong and you just fucked up. I'm still dead. Like yeah. there's no, like I'm completely freaked out by like what the fuck could happen right now. Like it's a super awkward situation. Yeah, man. Yeah. Somebody, does make somebody th- dies. Does it make you think twice about having anything on you as, a, yeah. as a young black male? Fuck yeah. It makes yeah. you think twice every time I get pulled over and yeah. being like super respectful and like always being slow with my movements and like, I've had times where I just hold my hands out the window the whole time just to be like, ah, this is not going to yeah. be controversial at all. Yeah. Like. I don't want there to be any kind of gray area. I don't want there to be any reason. Yeah. But still, though. And then you see situations like that where it's like, Jesus, that wasn't even great. And then it still happens. And you're like, God, it's rough. Mm. Yeah. It's not the norm, but it is. It, is, it does happen. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. I'm sorry, man. You know? Sorry you have to live in a world. The day-to-day. It's one of the things that kind of makes us safer, but also if if you're the wrong sect of people, you are not you don't feel safer. Like, that doesn't make you feel safe. I feel like when is the... the is there going to be, like, a new bullet or something that can, like, neutralize more than a taser but less than a death? Yeah. You know? Like a rubber bullet, or maybe like a tranquilizer bullet gun, or so. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I do not know. But the accident being death is a very hard consequence for people to get over. Yeah. Especially even if you can't understand where he's coming from, like somebody still died. Snow coming back. Yeah. Have you seen Orange Is the New Black? Not yet. I want to get it though. Yeah. Is the it season's good? pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Really I'm not mad at it starts off with i know the last one ended on a old girl having the gun with the yeah the, the whole guard. the whole last season is just there's a prison riot yeah basically everybody's chilling we're not chilling no, but like everybody's crazy. like they're all free in the yard though and they're all running around yeah happy land but it's the whole season yeah but this one what's this one kind of the gisty without getting too um the gist is kind of like it goes back to where the uh the one inmate was killed by the police officer the white police so officer. back into it yeah how okay. untrained he was a lot of social commentary he goes to the lady the inmates who he killed their parents house and like the dad was there and he answered the door he was like oh you're the guard and he was like i don't wish you forgiveness i hope you live every day 
knowing like she can't come back like yeah. i don't want you to feel like you're validated because you came here it was like a super Ooh, fucking stuff. crazy moment yeah, it was good stuff so good season yeah wasn't bad kind of disappointed by the ending but hopefully yeah. it's a good cliffhanger i gotta knock out some things before uh, game of thrones starts coming back on sundays yeah Ooh. yep it's gonna be fi- wait when does it come out what sunday i think july 27th mm. i believe mm. day after conor mcgregor fight very interesting i believe very very interesting but uh you got anything else? Of emotional distress um, fell I'm gonna go to this clip. I'm gonna try to. Insurance policy about the infliction of This fucking harm. was hilarious. Times I need to get make you understand. This, this is a, a movie privacy, called Nobody Speak. Door, a Trial of the Press. Anonymity. Just want you to hear a clip. On Bubba's radio program. Any down? Well, it's not mine because mine isn't that size. But we were discussing the length of Hulk Hogan's. Seriously? So you No, seriously, I do, I do not have a 10-inch penis. No, I do not. Seriously. Fair enough. <laughs> so what you're telling us is you were discussing Believe that, Hulk seriously. Penis. Believe right. that. Excuse me? You were discussing Hulk Hogan's penis. Yeah, because Terry Belay's penis is not 10 inches like you're trying to say. <laughs> that was a little snippet oh, from... Uh, New documentary on Netflix called Nobody Speak, Trials of the Free Press. It's got everything. What is a documentary nowadays? I feel like this, if you can have content like that, I feel like it's very loose doc. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Um, you remember when uh, Hulk Hogan had that sex tape yes. release? Mm-hmm. It was released on Gawker Media. What's Gawker? Or what it's, was Gawker? It was a site that released news stories that were kind of passed off by journalists who were like... It was news. Uh, TMZ before TMZ? It was TMZ of Silicon Valley. It was TMZ of news people or well-known figures. So it was, so it was like a high-level TMZ kind of. Yeah, it was a very big media company. It's tied to like Gizmodo. It's tied to Jezebel. So very like niche news. Okay. Um, so Gawker Highbrow. was apparently, yeah, it was like the E of Silicon Valley. So whatever's going on in Silicon Valley, whatever's going on in like entertainment, whatever, yeah, whatever stories other news sites didn't want. Um, they would, you know, pass them along because they would generate eyes and advertisement and all that. Well, they got a video. They got a clip of a video of Hulk Hogan and his sex tape. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really that big of a deal. And But apparently, like, it got kind of blown up to be a big deal because Hulk Hogan, he asked for them to take it down. They didn't. Um, which I don't know if... What do you think about that? Do you think they should have taken it down because that's... How did they get it? They got it, apparently, from... All right, so you know Bubba the Love Sponges? I've Bubba, heard of that before. He's a radio personality, I think, in Florida, or in Florida, in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And he was friends with Hulk Hogan. And apparently, um, Bubba the Love Sponge and his wife like to swing. And they like to, you know, like, he liked to watch her with other guys. Yeah, I think I've heard, heard the reference to this story before. Yeah, and apparently, um, they filmed Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan and his wife, his wife yeah. with his wife. But allegedly, Hulk Hogan didn't know that was going on. He didn't know he was being filmed. Right. Okay. And, and Gawker passed the story on as news as their First Amendment right, which I, I want to get your opinion on. Like, do you think if someone recorded you in the privacy of your home or somewhere else where you didn't know you were being recorded and that is released and you're a public figure, is that news or is that a violation of privacy? Hmm. That's a good way to put it. It's both. 
Okay, but if it's news, it gets it can be passed on with no repercussions really? to whatever site's putting it out there. Well, yeah, it's definitely a violation of privacy then. Yeah, that's well, what that's I think. What I'm saying it depends on how they got it. If he they got it because he put it somewhere and then he just wanted to get like if they got it cuz he put it somewhere and they just wanted to get it taken down, then he fucked up and put it somewhere. If right. they got it because he never put it anywhere and he didn't and they know. Just, yeah, then yeah. And you can't prove that he ever knew and wanted that to be released, then yeah, that's a violation of privacy. Yeah. Um, they got, like, I was on the side, I was on both sides during the whole documentary because some of the Gawker people were saying, like, it is a, it's a, it's news, like, it's newsworthy, like, we should be able to put these things out. But they also said, like, we do stories on bad people and, like, the behind the scenes and what we think is bad, which is very subjective. You can't just pass on news and information about people because you think someone's bad or you think, like, it's, who are you to decide? I think that if you, I didn't know there was that kind of distinction, but that makes everything, if you want to start making that argument, they can always spin it into news. Right. Whereas, like, people would want to know that Hulk Hogan's had a sex tape. Like, people want to know that. Like, of course it's news. Yeah. And then again, like, super private. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But the, the, the case just kind of starts there. It gets bigger. Like, you guys can watch the documentary. Um, but apparently, there was some Silicon Valley type dude, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel. He's a venture capitalist. He works in Silicon Valley. He's been a part of you know big companies like Apple, mm-hmm. um, whatever. You can look up his fucking resume. Um, he apparently funded Hulk Hogan's side of the lawsuit against Gawker to bankrupt Gawker because nine years earlier they put out a, a salacious story about him being gay. Mm. He apparently didn't like it, and it just goes to this bigger issue of. It sets a, a terrible precedent for billionaires and s- the super rich to control media. So he didn't really care. Hulk Hogan was basically just a pawn for a landmark case for wealthy people to control the media. And that's what the bigger point of the story is. I don't think... But it's also convoluted. It, it goes both ways. Because I feel like if, in the sense of like, if someone broke into your house here and you had a notebook full of like, fucking personal notes about whatever and mm-hmm. someone released them as like Zach's personal notebook it's news but they also fucking broke into your house and stole something like private yeah so like I get that like I don't know I'm sure someone would want to hear Kanye's lost mixtape that they went and stole from his laptop it's definitely news but I definitely think it's still violating the privacy right so when you start making everything into like you can start to slander people cause like, people would want to know that I think that this guy might be gay. Yeah. Like, uh, that kind of makes, like, the media's manipulating shit. But then it's like, if they can just manipulate the media back, then it makes it seem like people are manipulating the media. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to judge. Who's watching the watchers? Yeah. But um, I think, I mean, I think Hulk Hogan had a very good point. Like, in his personal life, in his home, in his, you know, romantic endeavors, he is Terry Francona, like the guy behind Hulk Hogan. Once he steps outside, like he was saying, he was on a radio show above the love sponge mm-hmm. and he was claiming Hulk Hogan's dick is 10 inches long and all, all these other claims. Well, as a character, I feel like you can say that. Like you can't, like you can build yourself up. Right. You're a persona now. Yeah. They brought up the term puffery, which advertisers can do though. They can say this car will get you the, the hot girl or this hair products will make you the talk of the town or whatever they can they can as long as it's subjective and it's part of a character you can kind of put these facts out there these like statements out there yeah bold claims but if it's not and if it's it's your they tried to tie it in with donald trump though 
which convoluted the thing even more. Because mm, his persona is so close to his normal person. Right. And But it's not the same thing. They were trying to, uh, you know, compare Hulk Hogan and, and Donald Trump, where Hulk Hogan's not it's a public so, servant. Right. He's an entertainer solely. And it's so much that you, there's clear difference between Hulk Hogan and, t- like, the person. Terry. Right. Yeah. And they're like, it's a, it's a slippery slope because people like Donald Trump can come out and be sexist against women and then claim it was part of a TV character, which he did on The Apprentice, which on The Apprentice, he is playing a TV character. Yeah, he is playing this a TV character. This is entertainment. Character. Yeah. If he did that in a speech, yes, you can jump on him all you want, but you can't claim that this TV character is the same as this presidential yeah, it's like, candidate. like getting mad at an actor because he was a bad guy in a movie. Right. And yeah. It, it's, it, it seemed a little petulant from that point of view because you can tell the people at Gawker, the people, they seem to have a libertarian attitude, but obviously slanting or leaning a little left. And the journalist that they had on trying to condemn the billionaire Peter Thiel's idea, I don't know, it was Jim Thiel, Peter so they, Thiel? they did end up getting bankrupted? Yes. Fuck. Yeah. So um, I think they're still around, but they they went through bankruptcy. They're still trying to like get all their employees out. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing the right thing by staying open and trying to get their employees different jobs. But the, um, the billionaire is still attacking journalists. Which is still not cool. Mm, so, so he's, he's trying to silence them. Yeah, he's on a vendetta, and that's the creepy thing about it. That's what the documentary was trying to show. It's an avenue to get back at the media kind of thing. Yeah, <sighs> yeah that is a slippery slope. Yeah. So it's very convoluted, but it's a really good documentary. It, it didn't really wrap it up well in the end, but you can kind of get what I'm saying as far as like the interest that it'll, it'll bring you if you see how everything is manipulated, and you see how people with big money as they've always done since newspapers since mm-hmm. any media has been out they can they Twisted. can affect it yeah so. netflix netflix yep there we go okay yep nobody speak easily accessible yes sir i think that, that that's it for me i got nothing we're gonna finish with the quote of the day you know <laughs> another shout out to the producer for just always coming correct strong yeah um how would you read the quote of the day um let me know. I can barely see it, but I'll. It's not light red. Producer, let's get these quotes and these questions in black. All right. Just know that I didn't have any gripes. With this, uh, <laughs> oh, you're you're closer to me. Give every man thy ear, but what does it say? But few thy voice. Few thy voice. I thought it said toe thy voice. William Shakespeare. But few thy voice. Okay, so you should listen to everyone, but you don't gotta reciprocate. Right. You don't have to to give everyone your energy but everyone's worth the two cents you know everyone's got a perspective that could be nuanced enough to change your mind right for the better Mm, that's a good way to put it yeah i like that enough who said that dean william shakespeare william shakespeare we can end on this actually okay you see how there's quotes around that Ooh. and you see how there's like a line and you know who said it originally Mm. Guys, we gotta start doing this. I'm gonna steal a page. I'm gonna cite my sources. I'm gonna steal a little uh, couch talkism. This is a Facebook folly, guys. Um, shout out to CJ and Couch Talk. Hit them up on SoundCloud and iTunes. But um, I, I dropped a name a couple podcasts ago about a guy. His his name is Luke Narvet. Okay, he he likes to copy and paste like quotes and pass them off as his own. And it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Maybe I'm a hater. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm a hater. Maybe I just don't like his 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 following. Is but he will literally like go on like uh, Twitter, Tumblr, 
copy and paste and doesn't quote anyone. I feel like that's so fucked up and so wrong. I feel like he's... To pass things off as your own ideas. Yeah, it's fishing. And this is what I did. Um, I started to notice that Mm. and I would copy and paste um, and go into Google and like figure out where he took something from. And he had one quote um, or one status that says, date the person that tells you to be safe when you go out, not the one that gets mad. Partnership, not ownership. Now, I found that on the Girl Code account (laughs) on Twitter screenshotted it put it below and replied and said um ladies don't date someone with or date someone with original ideas Mm. and i was immediately blocked (laughs) and my comment was deleted so i just want to give a shout out to luke narvette we know what you're doing please stop it it's it's like why very fishy yeah just you're yeah just that's all i can really think of you're being very like drawing a large brush and it almost feels like you're trying to make your personal account into a like world star hip-hop account or like a whatever one of those funny meme that like a not it's not a personal account but it's like something just for like retweeting shit yeah like i know it's not an original idea i know you just think this is funny and you want to post it on this page and you're using your personal page as like but give people credit for that idea right and you're using it in the wrong context yeah don't pass it off as your own I doubt you're making money from this, and I like it's cool and all, but this is like the bigger picture. You have like girls commenting on there, and like that's you do your thing. But like, if they hang out with you in person, they're gonna know that you're full of shit because you didn't think of these ideas, and like you're just gonna go through relationship and relationship. Like you're gonna meet with these people, and you're not they're not really gonna know you because they're gonna think you're you're this other thing. If you just put your real self out there, and you get attention from that then you can actually like bond with people and like get to know people for real yeah instead of passing other people's ideas off and i don't know just being fraudulent and passing off a front uh, this is the last time we'll talk about it but uh if if you guys know him or have mutual friends just just let them know let them know zach's looking for him (laughs) (laughs) just uh i don't know i feel like that's another sensitive move to block people like i didn't i didn't threaten you i didn't you know like I don't know. I didn't say anything super mean. I was just like calling you out. I feel like it's very godlike. What do you mean? Like in real life, you can't block someone or ignore someone like they're there. Yeah. And I feel like in on social media, when you can just like erase someone from existence or like not address someone, or it just seems you're not very, growing, dude. That it just seems like I don't know. It just makes Jesus. Yeah, thunderous. That is on top of us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just makes it seem like. You're not a good person, kind of. Yeah. Like, if would you like it? So you're, the only reason you're still talking to me is because you can't block me in real life. It just seems like, I don't know. Yeah. You just run away from things that aren't immediately gratifying. Yeah. All right, we can get off that. We're we're uh. We're, we're reverse s- dick riding. Yeah, we're skirting into reverse dick riding territory. But um, <laughs> guys, it's gonna drop tomorrow. What's tomorrow? June. Somethingeth. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, please be liking, please be sharing, and subscribing. And as always, stay, stay relatable. relatable. Hold on one second, team. We forgot. We can't leave. You know what today is? Sunday. Yeah, that's right. A little sing-song Sunday. We're going to do a little free association poetry Sunday. Mm. Keep it beautiful. Keep it melodic. Keep it happy. Don't be sad, baby. Don't be sad. You want to begin? You want me to begin? 
Oh, you got up again. Oh, okay. What you do is you throw out a word, all right? You want me to throw out a word? Throw out a word, baby. Beer. Oh, beer. Man of the year. You don't drink that. Boy, is you a queer? Must we deliberate? Must we obfuscate? Speaking of skate, come on down to the station. Unleash your creation <coughs> as you skate around this relatable nation. Mmm. Mmm is right. Mmm <coughs> mm feels good. Mmm, bitch. And mmm is good in every hood. Mmm. Now, as you listen, mm-hmm. don't neglect as we sweat, as we glisten, mm. to share, to subscribe, and stay in our little vibe. Ooh. Oh, feedback. <laughs> don't feed that, Zach. Take a step back and relax oh i mean relax where is that sound coming from <laughs> i do not know take off dean let's hear your flow free associate and relate relate create debate mm. is great not late. Very straight. Mm. Mm. Tell them about the the phone. Phone? Bone. Won. Talk. Listen. Hear. Understand. Communicate. Language. Body chess experience exercise execution always okay baby I think uh I think they know and if they don't now they, they do oh oh we shall show we shall show let our humorous grow. Let our let our light have a glow. Glow. Guys, until the next show. This is Zach. And my name doesn't rhyme with hello. That's right, baby. That's Dean. And we'll be back. In the meantime, please like. Share. Subscribe! And as always, stay, stay relatable. Promise hair, Ron, I put my fist up after I get my dick sucked. Quick buck, maybe a gold chain.
With that fucking flow, the sister so belittles Men, they tentatively tend to turn and go When I am finished stone cold Hardly fucking with these niggas, nigga, listen The description doesn't fit If not a synonym of menace, then forget it In turn, these critics and interns Admit it, this shit spitted Just burn like six furnaces Ridded up, fixed, learning in digits And simultaneously dispelling one trick Pony miss, isn't he? One adolescent fucking six nigga energy And crawling down facts like a rich nigga centipede Crack ceramic and slap a hand out of cash account Stamp it, shout and thrash and these niggas done let the cracking out Crack a lacking like snap crackle popping your ammo off Hide your face and throw your flannels off Sweatshirt, nigga 87 rooftop, Bronson whipping hoopties trying boost raw chronic Brutus in that booth, double scoop, hawk vomit up, sub rocking thud, knocking niggas teeth loose. Bruh, I don't fuck with no cops. Rolling with that flow swamp, catch me over stove top. Rapping to that coke rock, passionless and old jock. Clothing with them doors wide open, dim the flow lights, focus. Like it's nothing, cause it's nothing, bitch. From a city that's recession hit. Stressed niggas can flex metal with pedal to rake pennies in. Desolate testaments trying to stay Jekyllish, but most niggas hide and Brenda just stay pregnant. Breaking news, that's less important when the Lakers lose. It's lead in that baby food. Heads trying to make it through. Fish netted legs for them eyes that she catered to. Ride dirty is the fucking sky that you praying to. So here I sit, eye in a pyramid. God spit it like it's true serum in that beer and then. Disappear again, reappear, bearded on top of a leer, steering it into the kid's ear again. Provider of the backdrop, music for the crack rock, user and a mascot, Earl. Rod and a skin kneecap on a black top, salivary glands, lighter fluid for the matchbox striking. Wait. Wait, who the fuck you better than? Boy, oh boy, I'm bad as burnt. Poyo off the grilling shit. Spitter of the little nick. Nimble Rick rolling bitch niggas. Pick little piff blood. Plus, I pillage shit. 87 rooftop, Bronson whipping hoopties, trying boost raw chronic. Brutus in that booth, double scoop, hawk vomit up, sub rocking thud, knocking niggas teeth loose. Bruh, I don't fuck with no cops. Rolling with that flow swamp, catch me over stove top. Rapping to that coke rock, passionless and old jock. Clothing with them doors wide open, dim the flow, lights focus. Like it's nothing, cause it's nothing. All that tough talk, bro, we know you niggas ain't about shit. Come around, we Gun them down, bodies piled, Auschwitz, bulletproof outfits, weapons concealed, I'm ready to kill, so tested all my weapons is real, selling this, couldn't tell them what the recipe is, got them wishing that they never gave these weapons to kids, cheers, send chills up, spines of fat bitches at the shows, throwing out sandwiches, niggas get it how they live and I live for money, other words, I'm getting money, little boy told me when it's time to ride, they'll send it for me, ain't nobody Scaring me, niggas ain't prepared for heat Tools hit like pool sticks The way I cue shit If this was 88, I would've signed a ruthless 9-4, would've had them walking down death row First is when the best go Haters what the rest do Voice inside my head told me what them if they test you So it's raging water season That Yampa big as Larry Johnson Leave your mama seedless Everybody hard until it's only God they seeing Kitten soft, but in they songs be trapped Hard as Jeezy, I don't believe it, but to each his own. I ain't tripping long as I can reach the chrome. Heat your home like Southern California.
on your gas, police pass, tell them free smalls off, palm with the heat drawn, strapped up, long as the chief of police, armed, raised where the beast are, north of the beach, a couple streets past, baby J, bony niggas spraying K's, Ruger with the pork face, Jewish for the court case, here to save you niggas from the sorbet, cold chain. Like it's nothing cause it's nothing bitch